Hi, I'm Sean Cleary for Cleary Building Corp. Since 1978, you have allowed us to protect what you value. Visit clearybuilding.com today to see the Cleary difference. Think about four years. It's every day, every hour of every day. It's about turning this program around and getting people to commit and doing those things. You're listening to Barry Alvarez In His Own Words, a production of iHeartRadio. This is Matt LePay. We want to thank our supporting sponsors. Annex Wealth Management. Financial independence starts with a comprehensive plan that understands you and your priorities. Annex Wealth Management's team is ready to help consider all the complexities. Know the difference. Mueller Sports Medicine is proud to sponsor Barry Alvarez In His Own Words. For 60 years, Mueller has been developing better products to protect athletes and enhance performance. Learn more at MuellerSportsMed.com. Cleary Building Court, built with pride before the shamrock supply. Visit ClearyBuilding.com to explore our buildings. Fiduciary Real Estate Development Inc., where every day we are living the difference for our residents, our communities, and our investors. Wheels up. Download the Wheels Up app to explore private jet options and pricing for your next trip. Under Armour, the only way is through. Episode two of Barry Alvarez in his own words. In our first episode, we just recapped how it all began. Coach, it's the process of getting the job at the University of Wisconsin and what those first uh, few months were like, getting the staff, getting a recruiting class and getting interest and you know, after a, a one-win season, there was uh, there were back-to-back five-win seasons before the magic really hits in 1993. But you know, there are steps along the way, and I, I thought Barry one of the one of the real breakthrough games, and it's really capped and obvious, was in 1992. Ohio State ranked team coming in, and there was just there was a little extra electricity around here and and you you talked about the fans and and you knew when you were an assistant at Iowa what this place could be like um Kirk Herbstreet quarterback at the time uh, he and his teammates (laughs) they found out the hard way how tough of a place Camp Randall Stadium could be right yeah this is interesting because Herb Herbie likes to tell this story and Herbie and I've become good friends but we were at a function I think before our, our, our last Rose Bowl game, and we had we were having dinner uh, a couple nights before the game, and he tells the story of uh, of that year coming into the. He said it was one of the you know players weren't really excited. I remember they stayed at walk. You know they're leaving their hotels. There's some cows coming across across the road <laughs> conveniently right when they were coming Perfect. to make them sit. But he said they come in and. He said, I'll never forget, we're, we're leaving the locker room, and uh, the policeman stops us. Steve Tovar is a big linebacker, good player, yep. and, and Herbie were the captains. He said, the policeman said, uh, guys, uh, I'd advise you to put your helmets on before you go down through the tunnel <laughs> to take the field. And as he said, as we walk through the field, you've got a cage over the tunnel, and there are students up there banging on the cage, screaming and yelling, going crazy. And as we walked out on the field, marshmallows started peppering us. And these students, uh, 
started putting coins in the marshmallows so you can throw them further. And it looked like the whole end zone was full of snow and it was marshmallows that they were, snow, that they were throwing. And, and he, he talked about that and how intimidating it was. Well, there's a story to that. <clears throat> my first year, a student, I was probably here a month, and, and uh, my secretary comes in and said, there's a student who wants to see you. And I said, I don't have time for a student. And next thing I know, I, there's a, somebody's head looking around the corner. I, I point to the telephone. He, he says, perfect. He comes in and sits down across from me. Well, long story short, it's uh, a junior named Kenny Dichter who <laughs> – uh, I be he's like my second son now he's adopted <laughs> but Kenny Kenny sits down and sit, proceeds to tell me he says you know you want to fill that stadium don't you coach I said yes I do he said well I have a I have a plan to do that I can do it I can put students in there I said tell me the plan so he proceeds to tell me his plan of a debit card uh, buying uh, a, a membership that gives you a membership to a club with entrance to the game you get a free T-shirt. We'll put a sign all the way across the end zone, bleacher creatures, and I can sell them. So I called Chancellor Shalala up. I said, uh, I've got a student in here with uh, ideas of getting students back in. And so I sent him over. He convinced her and then hit her up for T-shirts, someone to sponsor the T-shirts, which uh, which she found. And, uh, and then he said, you have to buy the T-shirts for me. He had a T-shirt shop downtown. Well... Kenny put in over 15,000 students in the end zone and got it cranked up. Before our fans came, our students were there, and they were rowdy, and they got into it. Uh, they went around the corner. They sat where the entrance is. They got so rowdy, we moved them to the end zone. That's right. But it's ironic Herbie tells that story because Kenny now is the founder and CEO of, of Wheels Up. And Herbie is an investor, and, and, and one of the reasons why Wheels Up is a, what, the major sponsor for game day. That's right. Funny how the world works, right? <laughs> Kenny, it's just a funny story. Oh, it's a great Interesting story. Interesting story. Kenny was, he got it going with basketball even, yep. too. And, and, you know, the field house, people who remember, I mean, your, your ears would be ringing leaving that place yeah. after certain games. And, yeah, his, his ingenuity, he was... He was a little ahead of the curve. Great promoter, uh, <laughs> thinker, you know, entrepreneur now. Started Marquee Jet, uh, uh, Avion Tequila, the founder, and and, and now Wheels Up was going, which is going private within a few months. I'm going on the board, by the way, of God, Wheels right. Up. Okay, yeah. very good, very good. Boy, glad glad that he got through because I, I can't imagine any student you know, getting through the maze to be able to see the uh, new head football coach at Wisconsin. But well, he, he worked his way he in. He, well, he, we called, he bum rushed my office to get, to get the wheels open. Did, did the same thing. He got to Herb Street said, he's getting ready to go do a game. And here comes a guy walking down the hallway in the, in the hotel with a robe on. And, and Herbie's on, he said, I'm on the phone. The next thing I know, there's a guy next to me just standing there staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> always, always figured I watched that HBO show Entourage several years ago. It's uh, when am I going to see Kenny? Oh, there he is. There's Kenny this week, or there's yeah. a mention of Kenny. Oh, that's that's awesome. That that's a great story. On a, on a, our next episode, we're gonna we'll deep dive a little more in, into those games, including the the '92 game against Ohio State, because you, you guys had the back to back five and six seasons, and there was such a difference. <laughs> 
in probably the the feeling and how 91 ended as opposed to 92 because you guys won the last two games in 91 and then in 92 it, it came down to beat Northwestern and you would get to a bowl game and there were a couple that people thought were in play but you guys were pretty much if you won you were going to go out west correct we had we had two we had a bowl I, I pat may have committed to it because that was the only one we had ever had been offered in quite a while and that week i think it was the freedom bowl which is played in anaheim mm-hmm. uh and it would have been like the a reunion of of pat's 62 uh rose bowl yep and back out in in la you know and they thought it would be a great gimmick and sells a great seller to have wisconsin southern cal in the game again yep and so we pretty much had that deal cut all we have to do is our part win the game (laughs) and it comes down to the end you guys are you're marching down the field and then the fumble and just the the gut-wrenching way in which that season ended but well you take take us through that uh, what what that was like the mood and and being able to i don't know how much of a motivator that was but I got the sense that it was in in the days that yeah, followed. I, we, I, I thought we, we had a nice team. Uh, we still offensively weren't where we needed to be, but still, we pro- had that team been with us. Had those guys, you know, known how to win, we that could have been an eight win team instead of a five win team. We lost some games in the last seconds. Iowa in the last minute. Indiana, we haven't beat. We don't put our toe down for the touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're out of bounds for the winning score. Uh, there was another one uh, that we had we had teams we had beat and we lost in the last second. So to come down the last game and, and Northwestern in Evanston has been a bugaboo for us. It's a hard place to get up for. But anyhow, our guys were fired up. They wanted to play. It comes down to, you know, we're, we're down in, I think inside the 15-yard line or right around there. We're centering the ball up to kick a field goal to win. Now, we've already missed a chip shot field goal earlier in the game. Mm. Should have been over with. But we're going to run the ball to the middle, and boom, the ball comes flying out. And they recover. It's just like somebody gutted you. You know, somebody sticks a pin in the balloon. I mean, you're standing there, you're speechless. You, you can't believe what you're seeing. And the season ends, and you go in, your guys are uh, really disheartened. It just took the, the wind out of everyone, but... They're all coming back. We have a chance to be a good team. So, you know, I just thought I, I try to explain to them funny things happen. You know, funny things happen. And we were a good football team. And most of you are coming back. And then we've got to use this as motivation for the future. And I, I didn't beat anybody up. I didn't point fingers. I didn't do anything like that. I just I started talking about the future and, and making it a positive and where we can go. I remember that they they clearly listened because you had the banquet, the postseason banquet that following week. And I remember going over there and thinking, boy, what's this going to be like? They just they got punched in the gut. You know, the bowl game is there and then it wasn't. And among the I'll never forget Lamarck Shackerford, part of that first recruiting yep. class you had. He got to the podium and he, in essence, I, I couldn't, I can't tell you word for word, but in essence, he made it very clear that he was really eager 
to play Northwestern again. <laughs> and you guys beat them by whatever, by 50, whatever it was the following year. But there was a resolve that I just I sensed from Shaq and, and that entire team. And I would imagine, more importantly, you and your staff saw that with those guys yeah. pretty quickly. And, and, and you know what? There's a maturity. Now, some of these guys were playing way before they were ready. You know, you, that, that year, you know, you've got – Terrell Fletcher is 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 a baby, mm-hmm. you know. He's young, you know. Our guys were just. It takes you years in the weight room, and I can remember that first year we played Ohio State, and you look at, you look at their athletes and those big hamstrings and <laughs> big glutes and, you know, guns for, mm-hmm. you know, their arms and, and uh, you're looking at our guys are 18, 19. They look like high school guys. And then that next year, you're looking, you're saying, ooh, my guys look like that. You know, this, <laughs> this is a little better. You know, so not only did they have experience, now they're physically able to match up with everyone. And when you went through the lineup, you could see every position. We have good players. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a bad position on the field. And so, and they were all, they had all played. Now they're stronger. They had won enough that they they were confident and you had an experienced quarterback in yep. Daryl Bevel um you know older when he came here we all know the story um but you mentioned Fletcher Brent Moss it, it's kind of funny to me looking back because I think people still consider that Wisconsin team it's like oh it's you know it's a nice nice little team and you know they're, they're still not going to match up with with the big boys but like you said you guys are good all over. We were. Just you know, nasty. think about that. We play, we play Michigan. We beat them. Uh, we have the issue at the end of the game. I think we're going to talk about mm-hmm. that in a little bit. Yep. You turn right right around. The next week you're playing Ohio State. So you're talk you're talking about two ranked teams back to back. You you should have won both games. We, you know, we we have a field goal blocked on the last play of the game, and they're celebrating because they have. They have a tie. They celebrated a you know, tie. So, You're right. You know, we can beat the big boys. Not only compete with them, we, we can beat them. And, and our guys understood that. You guys started so well. I mean, you're rolling through the, the first month, month and a half of the season. And, you know, a lot of people who followed the team, either covering it or, or fans, they remember the Joe Panos line after you opened the Big Ten season yeah. at, at Indiana, uh, beat the Hoosiers. And like, oh, want to know in the Big Ten. Look at this. And one of the writers, I assume it was one of the writers, asked Joe about, you know, do you think you can, you know, maybe contend, be a player in the Big Ten? And Joe's famous answer was, why not Wisconsin? So you had talked before about you know, a team that was learning how to win. Did you get a sense that this team was, that the 93, even fairly early in the season, was they, figuring that out? They were gaining confidence. And, you know, to the point where you can, you really have the confidence and expect to win. I think when Joe said that, it kind of – because I would never let our team talk about the next game or about winning a championship or trying to get to the Rose Bowl or a bowl or January 1st. But it didn't make any difference. We, it's about that next game. That's all we focused on, uh, and I wouldn't let anybody talk about that. And so when he said, why not us win the league, I think that was like a slap in the face to the whole team. You know, he's right. You know, and they started thinking about it, and uh, that they—I think they—in in the back of their mind, they knew they were good. But now we're outwardly, outwardly saying it. Let's now let's go back it up. 
and you guys were rolling. And then uh, there was the Minnesota game, uh, the game there where you guys, I think Bev passed for a million yards yeah. that night, but there were the, the turnovers. Bunch, right? I mean, it was, uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, six or seven turnovers, mm-hmm. uh, pick six. You know, we were down, I think we were down 21 nothing yep. on turnovers, yep. you know, and come back and have a possession to have a chance to go win. You know, I, I never wanted any distractions. I wanted our guys to focus, stay focused on what you have. And so I try to eliminate tra- distractions, you know, from Friday night, you know, when, when they come to me after practice or once they show up here at one in the afternoon or one thirty at practice, that's it. It's about the game on Saturday. It's, it's practice. It's go eat. It's go to the hotel. Let's go to the movie, right back to the hotel, meet, get up in the morning, you know, do your thing, go to the game. Thank God there were no cell phones. I don't know if I'd, I'd back then I wouldn't allow us. I'd have to check check the cell phones. I don't want you calling home. I don't want you to find out that your girlfriend just broke up with you or somebody's sick in the family, your dog died. I, don't, I want you focused on that game. And I had my guys programmed that way. So uh, we, we lost uh, Bill Callahan for the game. Yep. And now you've got a distraction. Mm-hmm. Who's going to coach the O-line during the game? Um, and so, to me, that's a distraction. But obviously, it didn't have anything to do with our offense because we – I mean, we had 700-some yards, I yeah, think, in that game. up a lot. It's just we turned it over. Yeah. Billy didn't have anything to do with that. Right. But right. I tried to blame our commissioner. I told Delaney. I still tease him <laughs> about it. We'd have won a national championship. We'd have been the only undefeated – team in the in the whole country that year yep. had we beaten minnesota who was a bad team mm-hmm. and that was bill it was because billy wasn't there and i tell the commissioner that he shouldn't have suspended him <laughs> it cost the league a, the national championship yeah suspended for something that probably <laughs> it was, wasn't that big no. a deal anyway right i mean it was no just, he took a depth chart out of a right out of illinois booth where they from right. the previous game yep 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 so you so after that uh i even i remember if i remember right i did not sense a great deal uh i mean there was disappointment obviously but you guys you knew you were good and then you the michigan game that you referred to a, a couple of minutes ago i mean camp randall was up for grabs i mean to the point where it you know became you know nearly a, a really bad scene or it was but fortunately the no one no one died and there were concerns about that because of the 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 student section trying to rush the field and then it turned into a a crush and and your players i remember barry i was in the in the weight room which is where the post-game interviews were being done in those days and you know players were deliriously happy you had just beat michigan john detman strength coach came down and said uh you know what's going on upstairs but no, what are you talking about? And he filled me in. And your guys, Panos, Mike Brin, they were part of the solution. Ru- they were saving people. Yeah. Joe Rudolph, absolutely. Rudy's the one I saw coming down. He's got tears coming down his eyes. I think he's crying because we won. He said, Coach, there are dead people up there. Railings broke. The students in the front fell from the push behind him. The people 30, 40 rows up. It just it was like a, a, an avalanche of water. And they, you know, they were just like swept away on a body of people, Mike Brin did, on several people. Players are carrying them out of there. I mean, it was it was traumatic for our players. I mean, it was – they really thought they had dead students that, that they were helping or really sick or injured players, which they the, – the, or students, they were sick and injured. And 
uh, thank God we didn't we didn't lose anyone, but a number of them serious and in the hospital. Yeah, the the term pulseless non breather that was used a lot, and that was it was a very very scary scene. But you're right, and in, in, in no small part because of several of your players, we avoided a what would have been a tragic situation here. We will talk about how the team dealt with that because there was another rather big game coming up at Camp Randall the following week. We'll have more with Barry Alvarez in his own words after this quick break. The question hounding most folks thinking about or in retirement is, do I have enough? Annex Wealth Management asks, do you have enough comprehensive planning? Your plan should consider far more than today's markets. Financial independence includes details like rising health care costs, tax planning, and how much risk you'd like to encounter. When you're ready for answers to tough questions, to take a serious look at where you are and where you're headed, let's talk. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. Hi, I'm Sean Cleary. We design, engineer, and manufacture everything in-house so we can back up the promise to deliver the building of your dreams. Visit clearybuilding.com today. Mueller Sports Medicine was founded more than 60 years ago by former University of Wisconsin basketball player turned registered pharmacist Kurt Mueller, who coined the term sports medicine. Mueller has been developing better braces, supports, and tapes to protect athletes from injury and keep you active in the game of life. Mueller Sports Medicine products can be found in training rooms across the world with a presence in more than 100 countries. It's also expanded into the overall health and wellness segment for all audiences. If you're active and looking for the right brace, support, or tape to perform at your best, Mueller Sports Medicine is the right brand for you. Look for Mueller Sports Medicine products in Walmart and Walgreens stores and online at Amazon and MuellerSportsMed.com. So your team beats Michigan and avoids a tragedy, as you mentioned, because of the work of, of a lot of your players there. So, you know, no coach, you say, say it, no coach likes distractions. That's about as big a one as you could have. Uh, how did you, you deal with that? Well, th- this is where you really have to be smart as a coach and go away from your routine. So I'm a routine guy, and so every week, you know, they know how long they're going to practice you know how long what days are in pads which days are tough you know we're going to pick it up i'd always want my coaches to pick up a step against with big games and and particularly conference games but right now we've got guys that are emotionally drained um and and the first thing i I can remember i'm trying to think of of a plan for the week and and uh, meeting with the coaches and saying listen we cannot do our normal week where we're you know, we're out there hooting and hollering and, and trying to get our guys cranked up all week. They're zapped. We have to be low-key. We're going to back off of practice. We're going to get the game plan in. We're going to get everything prepared. But emotionally, we just have to let these guys settle. We'll wait till about Thursday. So throughout the week, as, as we're preparing, it was low-key uh, mentally get them set, physically get them, you know, the, we, we weren't worrying about physically, but more mentally, get them set on uh, what they had to do and get settled. You know, we had uh, help with a psychologist coming in, meeting with the players, getting them any. It was about mentally getting them help. And uh, and I can and I said, we'll, we'll get them ready by the end of the week. And I can remember Thursday, we had a normal Thursday practice. Friday, I called for a pep rally. So we had a pep rally in the stadium. And I can remember, you know, now it's time to pick it up a little bit. And 
I think when game day was here, and so they, I know ESPN was out there for the rally, and and I made the statement, you know, I understand that they're upset that we beat them last year. Well, hell, they were lucky the game was close, you know, and <laughs> so that goes on ESPN, and I, I I never forget that night we're watching it, in Corso who was always, when he coached at Indiana, he was too enamored with Michigan-Ohio State. That's why he couldn't beat him. And, and so he just said, I can't believe he said that. That'll be bulletin board material. They don't have a chance in this game. So we had a chance, and we, you know, long story short, we, our guys uh, we outplayed Ohio State, and, you know, we missed the last kick of the game. We're going to kick a field goal to win it, my kicker told me. Mm-hmm. That uh, he hit it good, Rich Snatchy. Richie. Yep. Yep. Rich uh, said yep. he hit it well, and it was good. And uh, we didn't get a hand on the outside rusher from the hash mark, and he made the block. And uh, as our guy said, they celebrated a tie. They did with us. So they did. But that that was that gave us a lot of credit credibility nationally. That you can go through that, play back to back games with nationally ranked teams, and and come out of there without a loss. And you guys at the in the end or toward the end, you go down to Champaign and beat the daylights out of Illinois, and then it's all. It's there was all, a lot to that. Yes, there, there was. was a little more to Go that. Ahead. You know, yeah. there was, you know, Lou Tepper. You had the, my three guys, Cos, Chili, and, mm-hmm. and and Billy. Those three guys were out of Illinois. People loved them down there, mm-hmm. and uh, Lou Tepper was paranoid of us because we'd go in and from the time he took the job, we were here. He didn't like those guys. They didn't like him. We'd beat him in recruiting. He he accused us of of cheating and everybody we signed. That's another story for another day. But and then Billy taking the the scouting or not scouting report the depth chart and he made a big to do over it. You know people use that as motivation for his fans before the game. Almost had a fist fight with the assistants prior to the game. Uh, <laughs> You know, one of their players got hurt. Nose guard got hurt early in the game, and he, and he's out there with him, and he's yelling at Billy from the sideline, accusing him of a chop block and all this stuff. And it was, it was a, I mean, if we didn't have officials there, our staff would have fought their staff. I mean, we were ready, and they, so anyhow, we go, we, we beat them like yard dogs. I mean, our guys played great. It was classic. You know, it was a beatdown. Yep, and they're a good team. Yep, they're a good team. Well, they had you know they had Simeon Rice back in those days, right? Kevin Hardy, and you guys, you ran right. Yeah, I remember you were really fired up. Not just because of the obvious of, of the uh, championship ramifications, just the fact that you went down there and put it to them. Yeah, opened up a can, <laughs> as they might say. So yeah. that that sets things up. Um, because I think Ohio State had maybe lost that day yeah. and, and then to Michigan. So it's beat Michigan State, and you win the league, you're going to the Rose Bowl. Only the game wasn't going to be in Madison. It wasn't going to be in East Lansing. It was long ago set up to, to play the yeah. Tokyo Bowl, we, right? We, we set that game up a year in advance. Mm-hmm. It wasn't planned just going in. It was like a total year in advance. And I can remember – you know, they were taking two teams over there every year. I know Nebraska and Kansas State went the year before. And uh, I, I can remember them contacting me. And, and we had a group over here from Japan that came to camp. And, and they started really promoting or asking about it. Our guys hadn't been to a bowl. And I, I really felt I, I wanted to reward them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Pat was good about it. You know, naturally, our business is in town. The chamber wasn't happy about yeah, it. It was but, a home game, right? Yeah, it was a home game we were going to give up. Yeah. But 
it really helped us. Now that gave us an extra week. Michigan State had a, it gave us an open date prior to Tokyo, and I'm always looking for an advantage. Every game we play, look for some type of an advantage. And I, I don't know who it was. Somebody came to me and said, on campus, we do things to turn your body clock back. We work with astronauts. There was a department on campus. And I said, really? So we got a 12-hour difference in time. I said, let me go talk to them. So I sit down. They, they explained to me they can turn your body clock back two hours a day by using light and dark. So I implemented it. We put a schedule together. Every kid got it. Trainer had it. I gave every player a pair of sunglasses. First day, you wear sunglasses, last two hours of light. Second day, you stay up two hours later, you get up two hours later. Next day, it's four hours of light. You sleep later, you, you get up later. You kick it back two hours a day. So we kicked it back, I think, eight hours during that, that off week. Between the two weeks, we kicked it back. And I said, you know what? This is why we're doing this. And when we leave, we're going to be on the same plane. We're going to fly 12 hours with Michigan State. They don't know anything about this. But when we get on the plane, I, I want you to bring a book. You can't sleep. We're going to drive down to, you know, we, we finished practice that night like 1 in the morning. <laughs> 1 in the morning, we drove to, to Chicago, got on a plane. I said, you can't sleep all the way to Tokyo. Bring books, whatever you have to do to stay up. Flew to Tokyo. I said, and, and their guys are sleeping all over the place. My guys are laughing like crazy. We knew going over there, we got an advantage. I mean, they're, they're giggling. We get off the plane. I said, we're going to get off the plane. It's midnight. You'll go straight to bed. We'll get up ne more, next morning. We're right on Tokyo time. And that's the way it was. Coaches like that, too? Did you follow all those? Yeah, we did. Okay. And we it did. really worked. It worked. <laughs> it worked. You know, whether it really did or not, it worked. <laughs> Thank you very much. Mind over. If you told him it was going to work, then it was going to work. It's going to work. We and, all bought and, in. And it was all there on the table for the Badgers and, and for Michigan State. George Perlis, they, they knew where they were going to go after the yeah. game, right? So yeah. there was. There George, was, they were going to the Sun Bowl. Yep. George <laughs> had an abscessed tooth. You know, he was drinking scotch all the way over trying to get that pain from that abscess. I'll numb it up now. a little bit. Okay. Yeah. George said, as long as they have scotch and, 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 and uh, chicken wings, I'm fine. <laughs> I don't care about the other food that they have. And George, the classic line, we had our big dinner the night before the game. And the people in Japan, they know two games in the United States, Rose Bowl, Super Bowl. That's, that's the only two they knew. And... Uh, all night you know you get up at this big banquet and each of the head coaches spoke you, you say a sentence and then you'd have an interpreter say, say a sentence interpreter georgian i spoke first then a guy from uh, coca-cola sponsored the game he spoke and he talked about how he enjoyed both teams didn't know who to root for so he thought he'd sit right on the 50. and it was george's turn to come up george says what about this guy from coke Coke, he can't make a decision. You know, pick us or pick Wisconsin, one or the other. That'd be like me saying, I don't know who to choose, Coke, Pepsi, Coke, Pepsi. He's going back and forth. George is on this tirade. You know, I assume he had been in the scotch pretty good. And then, then he, he, he gets a, a bug up his behind because they keep talking about if we win, we're going to the Rose Bowl. And that's what the people know, the Rose Bowl. And he, finally he says... Um, and you know what? I'm tired of hearing about if Wisconsin wins, they go to the Rose Bowl. 
do you know what? And, and then you got the interpreter. Ta, 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 ta. He, he interprets what Joe says, or George says. Then George says, do you know what this game means to us? This game doesn't mean crap to us. He didn't use crap. <laughs> gotcha. The interpreter goes, oh, and he says it. And there's a gasp. Ah, there's a big gasp in the crowd. <laughs> I look at our chancellor and his wife. Their eyes were big as his chancellor's mouth dropped. Um, and I signaled our players, time for us to leave. I use that as motivation. Anything. We're good. Yeah. I remember that. You had a really good punter, Sammy Vite, But he, had, he pretty much had the night off, didn't he? We did not punt in that game. <laughs> We did not punt once in that game. We were clicking. I mean, and they had a, I'm telling you, they had a good team and they're classic. You know, they're, they're, they're physical. They're, they're hard nosed. They're, it was a classic George Perlis Always, team. right. You Always. knew what you were going to get out of them. And they had a good running back. Quarterback went on, played, played for the Steelers, Miller. Jim Miller. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you, you t- take us in as best you can what that was like. I mean, you're, you're on the other side of the world. But you've done something that I would think the overwhelming majority of Wisconsin fans had doubts it would ever happen again, going back to the Rose Bowl. I keep hearing that. You know, I hear Ted Kellner, a close friend, said, you know, my father in 62, uh, we wanted to go to the Rose Bowl as kids. He said, no, no, they'd been there in 59. No, we'll buy color television this year. We'll go the next time they go. You know, it's 32 <laughs> years later, you know. So, and, and a lot of people say, I, we never thought. And then you go through that stretch where you're not winning at all. You're just hoping to get to any bowl, let alone win the go to the Rose Bowl. And so uh, our people were like off the charts. And, you know, I, I heard this from a million. And I remember it then. Any place you went in the country, in the airport, you saw you saw a motion W hat with that little rose in the corner. Oh, it was incredible. Yeah. Your bus ride back from Chicago, after you came back from Tokyo, you go to Chicago and the bus ride back from there. Yeah, really special. Um, Our driver told us, you you won't believe what's going to happen. But as soon as we hit the state line on every overpass, they were announcing, must have been on the radio and TV, where we were. And they were following us. So... Each one of these towns, the people in the overpasses were there waving and saluting uh, and had signs up for our players the, the whole way back to Madison. And then the streets were lined here and then led us right into the, the police, picked us up on the outskirts and, and led us into the stadium. Stadium's lights were lit and fans in the stadium to welcome back the team. It, it was really special. It was Something you never forget. Thousands of people were here. It was, and, and you guys are probably on fumes. But the adrenaline, was, you know, right? I don't know, one thirty-two in the morning. Yeah, it was, probably it was. It was surreal. It, anybody who was here will remember that. It was just a surreal scene. So you you're getting ready now. You've been there, done that. You've been to Pasadena. You've been coaching in a, in a Rose Bowl in your time in Iowa. A couple of them, matter of fact. Um, so you know how talk about surreal and just how beautiful yeah. everything is out there. How did you prepare your players for what they were about to, to be involved yeah. with? Well, having been through it and having mismanaged it at Iowa, I knew we had mismanaged it. What I tried to do when we were there, I watched how Don James prepared Washington. They, and he had gone frequently 
And that first year at Iowa, we, we didn't have an indoor facility. So we went, we went to California on the 17th of Ooh. December. Ooh. And, but so did Washington. Okay. We were, you know, we're in our hotel room. We're getting the kids up early in the morning, real early, having a big breakfast, meeting, and going to practice. And it was hurry up, finish practice by noon or 1 o'clock, eat again, and go to Disneyland. Not, you know, had all this, you know, worked out. And it just wore our players out every day, early, get up early. I'm, and I'm watching Washington. They were in Anaheim. They weren't even on site yet. They worked out over there. They kept their schedule as if they were practicing at home. The players had a car for every four players. They were out. They had no curfew. They were out every night running. About, you know, and, and then they'd practice at 3 in the afternoon, 3.30 in the afternoon. Get a good practice because they'd sleep late. They'd get in real late, but they'd sleep late. They'd get up and they'd get in a good practice in. Well, I'm thinking there's something to this now. And as it got closer, then you move back. Then they would move the team to Pasadena. And they're worn out. They've been running every night late. Now he puts the curfew in. They don't want to go anyplace and focus on the game. So my whole, you know, I learned from that and really uh, learned one other thing. Terry Donahue once made a point to me. It was that inadvertently he told me uh, we were in New York for a function after the season and before the game, and we were talking about getting ready. And he said, you know, I learned something my first year. We weren't supposed to be very good. I'm a young head coach. We won eight games. We were eight and three, and uh, I, was, I thought it was a pretty good year. Before the season, they'd all been thrilled with it. They were thrilled with our year, but then we lost the bowl game. I really didn't care much about the bowl game. And that's all I heard about in the spring was, uh, why'd we lose the bowl game? How poor we were in the bowl game. So from that day on, I knew you focus on the bowl game was important. And it's totally different preparation than the season. So, you know, how you, you know, you got to give your, you got to let your players have fun. That's the early part of the week. You got to let them stay out late curfew or no curfew, let him sleep later. Like the Don James, it was a modified Don James Washington schedule. Uh, let them sleep. And then, but you got to let them get out, see the town they're in, have some fun. And then as you get closer to the game, start tapering it down, just like you do here in town. If it's a Saturday game, Thursday night, you know, we'd, we'd have curfew and we'd start tailor, tapering things down. Thursday, Friday, they're with me. So you just taper that down for the bowl and really focus on the bowl and have your game plan in before you leave. And the game itself, I mean, it, you know, it was one of those deals where you talk about the fans. There were thousands, I mean, many thousands who, because of a ticket controversy, they couldn't get in. They yep. were there. So they're outside the stadium watching the game on, on a big screen. And it truly was Camp Randall West. You had yeah. 70,000 Wisconsin fans at the Rose Bowl. <laughs> I hear every, I don't go any place out in the state or run into somebody from Wisconsin, and they all want to tell me their Rose Bowl story. <laughs> and that's fine. I love it. But about two days before the game, my drive, they provide you a car and a driver for you and your family, for the head coaches and their family. And my driver the year before, prior was the president of the UCLA student body. And he said, Coach, do you understand what's happening? It kind of caught me by surprise. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, do you realize what's happening? I said, no. I, you know, I'm coaching, man. I'm focused. 
he said the tickets are really really a hot commodity they're hard to get their hands on wisconsin people were buying every, anything they can get their hands on i know the ucla people they're not very loyal they'll scalp their tickets buy a color tv stay home and watch it <laughs> and so at that point you know i'd already been asked by coach donahue if if you know we're the home team if they could have the home locker room mm-hmm. which is their locker room i said no we're the home team we'll keep it you stay in the visitors locker room so i told the players i gave them that whole story it's our you know we're wearing red we're in the home locker room when we take the field it's going to the stadium's going to be all red like camp randall west and we kind of build off of that camp randall west and then when they went out there they saw that yeah and, and then i think your guys too were saying after the game that even in you know pre-aim during the warm-ups their guys were chirping. They were. Yeah. I mean, there, there was. It, it got. It was getting feisty before the opening kickoff, wasn't it? It was, and and a lot of that stemmed from uh, one of their players. It was Dor Sharp's brother. Yep. I forget his name right now, but he was a defensive back, starting defensive back from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. He grew up with uh, right where Lee DeRamus and Michael London, and. Uh, Keith Jackson, where all those guys went to high school. Mm-hmm. He knew those guys. And it started, they, they, you know, during the week when they'd see him, he was on them, beating them up. And, and you know, I, we don't talk about Lee DeRamus enough. Yeah, really Lee DeRamus is a, a first-round draft pick. Yep. If he doesn't have that injury, you know, in practice that next year, he's mm-hmm. big, yep. fast, babe, good. The yep. babe could play. Yep. And, you, and he was tough now. And, and Ron Wolf told me if he hadn't been injured, he was their first. He was going to be their first pick, okay. first round pick. Yes. Wow. Wow. And but, you know, he's he's yelling at those guys. They're all three of them are receivers from from the, the, their neighboring towns. They played against each other in high school, and uh, that started it. You know, all week it was stirring up, and then, you know, we have a we have a fourth and one. We're going to put the game away, Matt. Mm, yep. I mean, we're down in there uh, inside the twenty. If I we score because their guys are getting we're pounding on them pretty good, they're about ready to white flag it, mm-hmm. and I figure we get this first down, we're going to pound in a touchdown. Game's over, and we we call a zone play uh, with with Brett Carrion and Donnie Edwards, right defensive end. He's a full step and a half over the line of scrimmage. As offsides as offsides gets. Yeah, I mean, you yep. cannot – you have to call that. Yep. I mean, we can't block him. He's, he's past our, our mm-hmm. the line of scrimmage. He catches Brett from behind, keeps him from getting the first. Then, you know, the, the DB comes running up, and he whacks Doremus, and, and he ain't, ain't going to take that. Then the fight starts. And we lose two key players. We lose Montgomery, who's the enforcer and good blocker, mm-hmm. and Lee. Yep. That takes away our best throwing – threat the official on our side uh was was refereeing midget football games two years earlier in in omaha because i had a friend from omaha call him tell me that oh i wore him out but you know i I run out there to break the fight up then i come i said okay when do we get the flag for offside everybody was speechless oh it was brutal it was brutal Two two plays before we, we wrap up this segment. I mean, everybody, I, I've said this, I don't know how many hundreds of times, that the most famous run in, in the history of the program, with all, the, all due respect to the great, not good, but great running backs, was Daryl Bevel's touchdown run. And then the last play of the game when Mike Thompson, among others, sits on Wayne Cook. But the Bevel touchdown run, 
Um, I think even Keith Jackson said something to the effect as unlikely <laughs> player, but it was a great yeah. play. That's you a, know what? I don't sneaky think, fast. Enough. I don't think he flushed once all year. <laughs> all year. I don't think he pulled the ball down and ran. And it just so happened, you know, he he gets out of containment and just and, and takes off. And Brett Bev probably run five two. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and uh but their guys were all committed. You know, when you play man to man coverage, you're in trouble with that. And uh sure enough, the, the last chance I think uh Mike, I think it was Mike London, or J, no JC. Mm-hmm. He's smart enough. He's got a bad angle and he slides. He actually slides so he doesn't clip the guy. And I think the guy flinched a little bit, so so that Bev could get around him. And so that was a huge touchdown. I remember on the, the time. talking to Corey Raymer, part of a group of guys talking to Corey down on the field, and. Corey got in a, a couple of verbal shots to the UCLA players after that run. Says you just, you know, you just let the slowest guy in the field <laughs> go by him. For Corey, always Corey was a great, uh, just you know, great, still is great dude. Into the game though, UCLA. You mentioned Babe or famous Doramus, whatever people wanted to refer to Lee Doramus. They had a really good guy in with JJ Stokes, yeah. right? And they're going down the field, and it's. 21-16, and they go, oh my goodness! All every Badger fan in the world holding his or her breath, and then the, their quarterback Wayne Cook, yeah, tried to tuck and run. Well, they you know what I had their their two minute series game ending, or two minutes to end or half of the game, and they're executing it. He makes a fatal mistake with no no timeouts. You know he pull, we we've got him covered, and we're getting pressure on him. We're we're blitzing him, we're getting pressure on him. And uh, he panics, like as Newheisel has told me many times. He's if you just throw the ball away. You have one more throw, and they're going to run a takeoff to the end zone. Who have knows? a chance to win it. You yeah. know, it's in, the ball's probably inside the twenty. You, know, you got a chance at it mm-hmm. with a great receiver who's he broke Pat's records that day. Yeah, that day caught everything. But caught uh, everything. that was the greatest run I've ever seen. He pulled that down. <laughs> you know, you can't. They can't stop the clock. Game's over. Yep, Mike Thompson just kind of yeah. ma- making sure that he yeah. couldn't get up, and and it, it was magic. Uh, I, I swear to this day, I remember being down on the field that I was, you know, doing, you ready to do post game interviews, and and I thought I felt a tremor. But what what it was was seventy thousand Badger fans going yeah. going nuts in the remaining minute here or two of, of this episode, Barry. In your words, describe what that was like uh, for you your team on the field in the locker room right after what was you know the greatest moment the program's had yeah it it was so overwhelming think about four years it's every day every hour of every day it's about turning this program around and getting people to commit and doing those things and and for it to culminate in four years and it just happened you know this is it we just did everything that we set out to do, what we strive to do in 1990. We just did it in the biggest stage in the country. Biggest stage, national TV, stadium full of our fans going crazy. I can, you know, going even more crazy back here in our alums every place. And to see the joy and, and uh, the pride on our, all of our players and coaches you can't even explain it. I get I'm, I get chills right now just thinking about it because it is special now. And it's 
I say winning's hard to do. That's really hard to do. <laughs> go, go build a program, go to the Rose Bowl, let alone go win it. Because great coaches like Woody and Bo and all those guys, they didn't win many. No. They well, didn't win many out there. And they found a lot of, you know, it's, you know, you're playing at somebody else's home stadium. Although our fans helped make it a, our home stadium, but still, it's difficult. And uh, a lot of people, a lot of people had a lot of to contribute for that to happen. No doubt. 70,000 Badger fans were there. 70 or 7 million will claim to have been there. And in some way, maybe they were. They were some way. It was, yeah, it was a magical, magical day and a magical season. Wheels up. Download the Wheels Up app to explore private jet options and pricing for your next trip. With over 35 years history of developing and managing exceptional residential communities throughout southeastern Wisconsin and beyond, our commitment to exceeding our residents' needs and expectations in everything we do is more than just a guarantee. It is the fiduciary difference. Fiduciary Real Estate Development Incorporated, where every day we are living the difference for our residents, our communities, and our investors. At Clary, our foundation is built on two simple facts, great people and the highest quality product in the market. To join the Clary team, visit careersatclary.com. Everybody's got a goal, and everybody's got something standing in their way. To achieve that goal, you've got to put in the work. Grit your teeth, sweat, reach, grind, push. No shortcuts, no quick fixes, no answers in a book. There's no way around it. Under Armour, the only way is through. Special thanks again to our supporting sponsors, Annex Wealth Management. Financial independence starts with a comprehensive plan that understands you and your priorities. Annex Wealth Management's team is ready to help consider all the complexities. Know the difference. Mueller Sports Medicine is proud to sponsor Barry Alvarez in his own words. For 60 years, Mueller has been developing better products to protect athletes and enhance performance. Learn more at MuellerSportsMed.com. Cleary Building Corp. We protect what you value. Visit clearybuilding.com to see the Cleary difference. Fiduciary Real Estate Development Inc., where every day we are living the difference for our residents, our communities, and our investors. Wheels Up. Download the Wheels Up app to explore private jet options and pricing for your next trip. Under Armour, the only way is through. Thanks to our production team, audio engineer Dave McCann, and our editor, Mallory Pilon. A reminder that you can hear this entire series now. It's available from iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Matt LePay, and we thank you for listening to Barry Alvarez in his own words. A production of iHeartRadio.